What's going on, everybody? I was actually just about to ask Dan because we always do these little soft opens before we get into the video. Is you know, there's a lot of people out there who say that they like movies, right? Everybody likes movies. You go to the movies, you rent movies, right? But not everybody's a movie expert. And I'm usually very quick to discredit anybody as being a movie expert as an expert myself. So I will I'm willing to admit though that I am not a rap expert in that same light. I like rap music. There's certain artists I like, but I'm not an expert. I consider you more of an expert than I am in this category. So my question is, I just saw somebody say that Eminem is not a top five rapper. And I think he is. But again, what do I know? I see a lot of people put like Nas and like some other guys like Lil Wayne. And I'm like, I don't know. I think Eminem's a top five rapper. So I wanted to get your take on that. Uh, I think he is. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's completely, you know, a little opinion based. You know, like I don't have Nas on mine. Um, I have guys like Big L, um, who, you know, Nas was inspired by, um, Biggie, Tupac, um, uh, Eminem. And then, you know, then it's kind of a mix of other guys. You know, you could take a lot of people from, you know, uh, like Common, I'm a big fan of, um, Nas, obviously. you know, Mob Deep. I know it's a group, but you know, people consider them as one. But I have Eminem on mine for sure. Yeah, I always thought so. But again, I guess I don't know enough. I know enough about my knowledge of it to know I don't know enough to really. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Eminem's a, a, a god. I mean, to consider him not one of the best is just ludicrous to me. All right, let's kick into the video, and we will start talking some sports. I just wanted to bring that up as the uh, the soft intro here. up everybody it is wayne g i am joined by sully over here my uh, co-host and just before we get into too much obviously we had a little conversation beforehand if you're just joining us it was about the best rappers of all time and triple shot sports chimed in big l tupac eminem jay-z nas in that order so. i like it you know and then he's got jay-z and nas over guys like biggie you know um you know which again is going to be argued but i you know anytime you got big l up there i'm a big fan of your list because not many people know well, I'm going to say this is that I personally don't have Biggie in my top five because I feel like Biggie and Tupac go together. So I feel like Tupac is absolutely a top five guy. And Biggie almost kind of rides the coattails into a lot of people's top five, kind of like Magic and Bird. Magic was a far superior player than Bird. But, you know, they're always grouped together. And so they're always going to be like seven, eight when people put them on a list, you know. Uh, and it's not fair to one of them. So I feel like Biggie to me is a top ten rapper of all time, and if he was today, he'd probably be one of the top two, you know, today. But in terms of all time, I don't know. I think he's more of a top ten than a top five guy. See, I, don't, I love him. I, I, maybe that's how I'm biased. I like a lot of his music. Um, you know, anytime I can like funk like a whole album and not have to change a song or or things like that, I'm a big fan. So, uh. yeah. well. 
So thank you for joining us. Everybody check out the new digs. Uh, we've got a little bit new background today. Hopefully everybody likes it. I know uh, Sully said it's a little bit more colorful, so it's not as dreary and black as the other one. Um, obviously, I wanted to... It's uh, bright, like the rays. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, um, I see what you little, did there. We'll talk about that. Uh, the uh, <laughs> So obviously, if you're watching us, it's on the Facebook Live. You're either watching us on the Infinity Sports page, RTF Sports page, all ACCS page, YouTube Live on both of those. And, of course, we've got – if you miss any part of the show, you can check us out. Oh, I did this backwards again. But anyways, feel free to hit us up at Infinity Sports Podcast, at Infinity Sports Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Sports Infinity 5, or InfinitySportsPodcast.com where you can find our clothing line here, Infinity Sports, 12 is greater than 9, the Sully Collection, uh, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, uh, the great Happy Gilmore line. And, of course, if you've missed any part of the show, here we are, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or watch the video on YouTube. I highly encourage you to do that because there are so many visual cues like the ones I just brought up here. That is our new all-ACCS logo there on the left-hand side, so hopefully you guys like that. And... That kind of is our usual intro. Uh, Dan, I don't know if you have any – Sully, I always say Dan. So everyone knows who I'm talking about when I say Dan. Uh, wanted to see. I think you know, they get it by now. Anything to go over before we jump into everybody's favorite segment? Uh, I, you know, I think we're ready to and rare and ready to go. You know what I mean? Let's, let's hop to it. All right. So it is time for the news. So this will be the only uh, bit of news that I don't have an actual graphic for because it's kind of a last-minute thing, but it did pop up as uh, an NHL story, and I wanted to get your take on it because I don't really know anything about this guy. But I was reading that the Coyotes captain, and I have it here, Oliver Ekman Larson has said he would waive his no-trade clause to go to the Bruins. And again, I don't know him from Leroy Ellis, so I was curious if you could uh, kind of shed some light on his abilities and what that would mean him going to Boston. It'd be huge. I mean, he's a massive player. Uh, he's a superstar in the league, so it would definitely suck. I'm rooting against it, um, you know, just because Boston is probably, you know, one of our biggest rivals, if not our biggest, especially in the East. So I would I would not be in favor for it because it would be a huge get. And I know that we had talked uh, before the show started about other news items. And everyone's like, hey, talk about the COVID stories. Listen, we're going to get to football. I want to wrap it all in. There's no point in covering it twice. If you have a comment, TSS, you saw Triple Shot Sports. They put their comment on there. We'll put it up there. We'll answer your questions if you have one. We'll even interrupt what we're doing. We do that all the time. So without any further questions to start things off, I wanted to kick things off with everyone's favorite segment, which is this week in sports history, I have a good list of things here uh, we can discuss. The first one, and we're going from October 2nd to October 7th. And on October 2nd, 2004, I thought this was interesting. Jeff Kent becomes the all-time home run leader for second baseman. He has 349 home runs. Second is Robinson Cano at 296. So it doesn't look like Cano is going to catch him, I don't think. So I was just surprised. Jeff Kent has more home runs than any other second baseman in history. That's wild. It's really wild. Um, I mean, he did used to crush the baseball. Um, so, you know, I guess I can understand it. Uh, Triple Shot Sports wants to know how I like the NFL draft or the NHL draft. Sorry. Um, you know, to be fair, I didn't. I, it's not a draft I follow that much. I know Alex Lay. Um, I can't pronounce his last name, Lay Ferren or Lay Ferentine, whatever his last name is. 
Um, I know he was predictable to go first, went first to the Rangers. He looks like an absolute, absolute stud. Uh, he should be an instant impact player for the Rangers. Obviously, that was predictable. Um, uh, the rest kind of played out. Uh, it'll be interesting because I love when these huge, huge, huge guys come out. Uh, they make instant impacts in hockey for the most of the time. Like Kel McCarr, you know, came in and was a huge impact for Colorado winning the Calder Cup also. So, uh, you know, it's kind of this new thing with the NHL. These rookies are balling out. So you mentioned rookies coming in and making an immediate impact and being those big names prior to actually getting into the NHL. And one of the, your guys, actually, that comes to mind, Connor McDavid before Connor McDavid, is Le Cavalier. And he never really quite panned out what they thought he was going to be, right? Uh, Le Cavalier is a stud. Yeah. He's not uh, a David-like, though, right? Uh, I mean, at a point, yeah. At a point, Le Cavalier was easily the best player in the league. Uh, I mean, he's got a borderline Hall of Fame career at this point. <laughs> He does. I remember hearing, I remember hearing the name before the draft and thinking, uh, "Oh, I don't know who that is." And then it was like a really, really big deal, though, that he was coming into the draft. I mean, he he won a Stanley Cup with us. You know, we we had that that year where it was him, St. Louis, Dave Anderchuk. I mean, we were really good. We were really good. Uh, and, and so, but yeah. Triple Shot Sports says Kent couldn't play defense to save his life, though, and Bonds almost choked him out once. Well, Bonds probably almost choked out a bunch of guys. Yeah, that roid rage, brother. And to be <laughs> fair, I mean, I don't give a shit how many, how well you play defense if you're the all-time home run leader at second base. You know what I mean? Clearly, that's what you're there for. I yeah. think it'll eventually get past though. Guys are crushing the ball at second now, so. You know who I thought could have broken that, but they moved him to the outfield. I think he played a couple of seasons at second base. Was um, Soriano. Yeah, that's true. He def. I mean, he's already crushed the record. So if he would have just stayed at second, he would have definitely, you know, I guess gotten it. Was he forty forty? I never mentioned him, but I think he went forty forty, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he did. Actually, I'm pretty sure he's yeah. one of the ones that went forty forty. If not, he got him. damn close. Uh, October third, nineteen twenty, American Pro Football Association, now known as the NFL, has their first game ever, and it was a. Uh, Listen to these names, because these names are just ridiculously creative compared to today. <laughs> the Dayton Triangles beat the Columbus Panhandles 14 nothing. <laughs> I mean, I love them. I think we should uh, – you know how dope a Dayton Triangles jersey would be? <laughs> just I triangles would, all over it. Just triangles <laughs> everywhere. Like, they'd make them, like, three-dimensional. That shit would be dope. Um, and then the Panhandles, I mean, come on. That's just perfect. God, the, they're bad. They're horrible. And we're going to get into some more <laughs> bad names a, a couple down the list here. Uh, the, October 3rd, 1970. Almost as bad the, the Washington football team. hey Although I will say I prefer that to the Dayton Triangles. I would 100% rather be the Triangles than the football team. Really? So if they'd changed their name to the Washington Triangles, you would have been like, all right, that's cool. I, if I knew they were already um, – like if it was – the football team or the triangles. I wouldn't want to be exactly the triangles. I'd want to be something else, obviously. But if you're giving me a choice between the two, I think the triangles. And Triple Shot Sports does chime in, and they say Soriano forty forty in two thousand six, I believe, maybe two thousand five. So thank you for well, your not sure answer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> in October third, nineteen seventy, we have the first ever umpire strike, and the reason I wrote this down was just a crap on umpires because. We could do without them. We really could do without these guys. Uh, I believe in an automated, so an automated strike zone. You know, we should have that automated strike zone replays for everything. 
And then you could have college umpires, high school umpires. It doesn't matter, you know, because if you get it wrong, we'll just go to replay. But anyway, that was what I thought about when I thought of the uh, the strike. Because like I hate umpires. I just hate, and not only are umpires the worst in terms of getting calls and the whole strike zone thing, but they just have the biggest attitude of any of the professional sports officials. They just you know they throw guys out of the game for just looking at them wrong. Or a guy you know looks at the plate. He's like, what? He puts his arms up like this. Yeah, that's it. You're out of the game. Like, come on, man. I completely agree. I'm 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 a huge. Where I like umpires is like in the field kind of situations like on base calls i think balls and strikes at this point i hate like the 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 umpires and just how bad they are at their job uh it's awful it's just embarrassing uh a a fellow you know friends of mine have a page called the sports memory uh, if you guys ever want to do check it out on Facebook, it's actually hilarious. They do like a bunch of satirical things, and they will do uh, a an umpire bl- like blown call of the day, and it's just like a blatant strike or blatant ball that the umpire missed. It, it's hilarious, and and it's you know at this point everybody thinks they're a joke. Well, Triple Shot Sports says the way the giant season ended is the exact reason we need automated strike zones. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and then and- we have. A comment here, William James, Rays in four. I don't know if he realizes it's 1-1. But... Yeah, it's a seven game. So it would be Rays in five at the earliest, but I like it. I'll take it. Uh, and then, yeah, Soriano was in 2006. He also went 39-41 and 41, uh, in, you know, like 99, I think it was, or 2000. So, Wow, could have been the first guy to do it twice. Yeah. <laughs> so this one's kind of a dual it's two-parter. It's October 3rd, but we got October 3rd, 1995, October 3rd, 2008. On October 3rd, 1995, O.J. Simpson is acquitted of murder charges. On October 3rd, 2008, O.J. Simpson is convicted of kidnapping and armed robbery. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a fun uh, back-to-back. That is pretty wild on, on the same day. Is it five-game series in this one? I thought it was a seven-game at this point. Only the wild card round is a five-game series, I thought. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I, I don't really know. He's saying it's five in the, in, L, in the LDS. I did not, not think that was the case. Um, he would know more, obviously, yeah, five games LDS. Uh, with the baseball. All right, so that would take <laughs> us to October 3rd, 2004. This one you'll like. Uh, Ichiro Suzuki finishes with a record 262 hits. That's a lot of hits. <laughs> That's a whole lot of hits, man. That's a whole lot of hits. Uh, you know, he was great. You know, a lot of people say, um, uh, oh, it was a three game. A lot of people say that if he'd have played his whole career in the MLB, he'd have broken the record. And he, he very well might have. He had, a, he had a shot. So. And we have Triple Shot Sports said WCW was three game series. I'm guessing wild card weekend or wild card. Yeah, wild card. WCW, though. I mean, yeah. they, they should have a best of WCW. You know, Ultimate Warrior should not have been the champion. It should have been a best of three. Oh, I love Ultimate Warrior. I love the Ultimate Warrior. Too. Shaking the ropes and getting all pumped up. Now, true story. My uh, old roommate had seen him way back when in a live event when he was the Dingo Warrior. Oh, nice. The Dingo Warrior. That's right. He became the Ultimate Warrior. I like the Ultimate Warrior much better. October 4th, 1895, we get the first ever U.S. Open is played at uh, Newport Golf Course. And I love the U.S. Open. Usually they play it somewhere where, one, it's windy, 
Two, the fairways are narrow. Three, the rough is up to your knees. And four, the greens are as hard as cement and as fast as linoleum. So I love watching U.S. Opens because it's my favorite thing in the world to watch the best players in the world shoot plus six to win. Yeah, I agree. I, we were talking about that, you know, I believe the last time the it was just on here, like, you know, the last week or so or a month or so ago. <clears throat> and I love when, when I see golfers hit plus one and plus two. makes me feel so better when I hit, you know, my 140. Another true story. Another true story. I love these true stories I get to come out with. Is my neighbor uh, across the street from me down in Connecticut? We used to go golfing all the time. And during the 2000 uh, U.S. Open, they played at Pebble Beach because it was like the hundredth anniversary or something. And so they played at Pebble Beach. And he said, "Dude, because the scores are going to be like plus three, plus two. Because Pebble Beach is a beast of a course normally, but you put it in U.S. Open conditions, it's going to be nuts." And second place was plus two, and that was uh, Miguel Angel Cabrera was plus two. Whereas the winner was Tiger Woods at minus 13. And so he basically lapped the field. He's Jeez, 15 shots yes. better in second place. God, he was so good in his prime. Still hoping he gets back. Uh, going from Ichiro, who I know you like, to another guy who you like even more. I bring this guy up. I think every episode is one of your favorite baseball players of all time. <laughs> this is October 4th, 1925. <laughs> Ty Cobb hits 300 for the 20th time in his career. Yeah, you know, if I was playing against old white guys who couldn't throw the ball, I'd probably hit 300 too. So, well, but not everybody hit 300 back then. No, I know they they didn't. But Ty Cobb's a racist piece of shit. So, <laughs> uh, he, he, he was 20 good. years. Long. Yeah, 300 for 20 years is amazing. He's very very good at baseball. Uh, William James Tiger is the go. I agree, oh. and I know a lot, a lot of people say Jack Nicholas because he's got the majors record, but it is I think Tiger Woods, and I will fight people who disagree with that. Yeah, I mean it's tough to say obviously peak versus peak because you know it's kind of two different games, you, you know. But I mean peak Tiger versus peak Jack or peak Arnie, and I think Tiger wins. So well, it, it's a technology advantage too. So it's like saying well peak Shaq versus peak Wilt Chamberlain, right? I mean you know it's, it's a much more even matchup. Jack Nicholas did dominate his competition the same way Tiger dominated his competition. Yeah. But I think that Tiger would dominate Jack just because of the technology. I mean, Tiger was hitting at 375 and Jack was hitting at 310. But at the time, 310 was huge. You know? Yeah, I, I get that. But I mean, even if they were using the same clubs and things like that, I think I think Tiger would win, is, is kind of what I'm saying. Even if all the variables were the same. Triple Shot Sports says, LMAO, Ty Cobb was a racist piece of shit, but he was very good on the field. Yeah, that's what we just said. That he's, that's what he says. He's like laughing at the quote that I oh, said. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So what else do we have here? This one's a, a favorite of mine. October 4th, 2018, Tom Brady becomes the third quarterback with 500 career touchdowns. Who did he throw that 500th touchdown to? In 2018? Julian Edelman. Josh Gordon. Oh. So nice. one of my all-time favorites. Josh Gordon. Love Josh Gordon. I love Josh Gordon. I kind of feel like the NFL cheated him out of a career uh, because well, he was just did. phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, they did, and, especially now that weed's legal. So. Yeah, I really expected him to be a lot better, and he just got robbed. Um, anyways, October 5th, 1932. Under new ownership, the Detroit Falcons changed their name to the Red Wings, and the wheel wing logo is introduced. So I was like, wow, Detroit Falcons, wouldn't that be different today? 
Wow, that'd be wild. I love the logo. I mean, I feel like they took it from the boot, though. I don't know if they took it from the boot or the boot took it from them or or what, but... Yeah, Triple Shot says, uh, thanks, Sully. Wayne, you suck. Right. Well, everybody <laughs> knows that. <laughs> uh, I'm everybody's favorite. Yeah. All right. October 5th, 1994, the NBA shortens the three-point line from 23-6 to 22 even. So they brought it in a foot and a half. And I read that after they shortened the three-point line that Michael Jordan's attempts from three were double in one season what they were for his career or something like that before they shortened it. Is that what it is now? 22 even, yeah. Wow. They need to move that shit back. Yeah, especially with Steph Curry jacking them from half court. Are you in favor of a four-point line? No. Oh, I want a four-point line so bad. I'm progressive-minded in many sports. The four-point, let's not make a four-point and a five-point and a ten-point and a twenty-two-point. I mean, let's just kind of have the three-point line is perfect. I, I tell you what, I'm open to the idea of giving more points. I'll even say five, a five-pointer, but it has to be behind half court before you cross. So that way, you can't cross and take your time and launch one. You actually have to shoot it from before the, the eight seconds runs up to cross half court. Yeah, I mean that's just a heave at that point. Um, I, I, you know, with these guys being able to like run set plays and make shots out there, I think at that point you got to reward them for it. Yeah, well, you can shoot a half quarter and get rewarded for it. Heave it. <laughs> uh, October sixth, eighteen eighty-two is the first ever World Series game. I talked about great team names. This was between the Cincinnati Red Stockings and the Chicago White Stockings. <laughs> nice. Henceforth becoming the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago White Sox. Yeah. I wonder if there are any blue stockings, brown stockings. You know, you never know. Green stockings. I don't know. I wonder when they ditch those names. What do we have from Triple Shot Sports? Oh, so you don't want to change your favorite sport with silly new rules. No, of course not, because, you know, basketball is a real sport and baseball is for ladies. <laughs> 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 And, uh, I'm assuming you guys have had some rule discussions on baseball. Huh? I, I'm a progressive, more progressive minded in baseball rules than I am on basketball rules. Oh, like I want to see some, some crazy yeah. stuff. Uh, so here we have October 6, 1911. Cy Young loses the last game of his career. It was his 906th game that he played in. To give a perspective, all six of the Dodgers starters combined have played 695 games. <laughs> He was a maniac. That guy just, his poor arm. <laughs> and we have Triple Shot Sports says, I will beat you with a bat. Well, this one's for you, uh, Brandon. If you're watching, it seems like you are. I have October 6th, 1945. Billy Goat Sanias buys a ticket for his goat to the Cubs World Series game, and they tell him he has to leave. He's escorted out, and he curses the team. And they would not win another playoff series until 2003. Yes. Suck it. <laughs> hey, it's my emotional can't... support animal. Let him in. My goat can't come in? Well, that's it. No more playoff wins for you guys. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, another Chicago news area thing. We have October 6th, 1993. Michael Jordan retires for the first of three times. And I remember a huge story cover of Sports Illustrated was actually him at the press conference. And just one word on the cover. Why? Question mark. Yeah, I mean, that that was such a huge deal. I mean, it was, you know, kind of, you know, random. He was at his peak. You know, they were in the middle of a three-peat. So I I completely understand. I mean, it's it's wild, though. And I saw somebody made a great comment because I see a lot of these – the groups I'm in, I see a lot of LeBron James versus Michael Jordan comments, who's the GOAT, and I hate 
both sides who are extremists, like anything extreme. But the one I see for Michael Jordan, which I thought was fantastic, they said Michael Jordan retired. He had three NBA championships. They built a statue to him in front of the stadium that said the greatest basketball player that ever lived. Then he won three more championships. Like, so don't give me the whole six and zero oh, because when he was three and zero, oh, he was the best ever. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree there. It's more his dominance. You know, we talk about like you know Wilt's dominance and things like that. You know, I think LeBron is obviously in that conversation. What he's doing, you know, going to these all these finals in a row and leading separate teams and different rosters, and I think is kind of just as impressive. To be fair. I think well, I have LeBron James as my third greatest player of all time behind Jordan and Will. Well, that's fair. Yeah, I have him at two behind Jordan, and then Wilt at three. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I think he's up there. I just will never put him ahead of Jordan for me. I'll, I'll never say never. It's kind of the end of his career at this point. But I will say, Dallas in his prime, just God. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying if he, but if he has a Tom Brady sort of thing where he plays until 45 and he wins four more championships, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think he's playing at least another two to three years. He's getting his, he's playing on a team with his son. That's his yeah, goal. That's, that's, that's the ultimate goal, I think. Yeah. This one, uh, John Vincent, JV from our Facebook All Sports group, posted this this morning, and I was like, oh, I had this written down for my This Day in Sports which is October 7th, 1916, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, coached by John Heisman, beat Cumberland 222 to zero. And I don't even know what to say about that. Like, if you're the other team, how bad? 222 to zero? That's that's, that's what, 30 touchdowns you allowed? Did you see the rushing stats? I saw you had almost 1,000 yards rushing versus negative yeah. 15 yards. Negative, no, it was negative. I think it was negative 32 to 976. Was the, <laughs> I mean, that's insane. They just ran the ball forever. I mean, God, at a certain point, like, it must have been even the fourth stringers, like, even the kicker was taking it 70 yards to the house. Well, I know they said uh, 15 turnovers by Cumberland. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. Which somebody was saying, how do you fumble the ball nine times? Because I think they had six interceptions. And they're like, how do you fumble the ball nine times? I'm like, well, I know how to hold a football because the coaches teach you that when you're playing running back, how to hold it so they can't punch it out. But I bet LeVar Arrington could hit me and make me fumble. And, yeah. and based on everything from this game, it seemed like it was that kind of a mismatch between the two teams. Yeah, it's definitely a, a Division One college team, you know, against, a, you know, high school team was essentially what was happening. <laughs> All walk-ons. Yeah. Half of them half of them were female. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, I shouldn't be saying things like that because I'll come back. Um, we love uh, October 7th. They're equally represented in the sports industry. Triple Shot Sports says zero pass attempts and 39 rushing touchdowns. <laughs> oh, tackle somebody. Georgia Tech's been running the option since 1820, so. Well, I see 39 rushing touchdowns. I'm like, just tackle somebody. And it reminds me of the uh, Eagles and Patriots Super Bowl where all the Patriots had to do was tackle somebody. That's all they had to do, and they would have won that game. But nobody on the team could tackle. Meanwhile, one of their best tacklers in the secondary, Malcolm Butler, was standing on the sideline. (laughs) Don't piss off Bill. Oh, I guess not. Or whatever. He said he was sick. but and, And nobody. This is the thing that blows my mind. Nobody to date has come out with a different story. Even he hasn't said anything. He's with a different team now. He won't say anything. Yeah. It almost scared the crap out of people. Serious. 
October 7th, 1984, Walter Payton passes Jim Brown as the NFL's all-time leading rusher. I'm sure Brandon will agree with me that Walter Payton, you know, right behind Emmett Smith. I mean, they're right there, and uh, Emmett's, you know, just one step ahead of him uh, in terms of ability. So I, I think Brandon said that to me before. He said, you know, Emmett Smith. I wish that he had been the running back for the Bears back in the '80s instead of Walter Payton. And I understand why he feels that way. Uh, he also says that maybe only one person showed up for Cumberland, and it was eleven on one, both sides of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, and I don't know. I disagree with you. I think I'd rather have sweetness. Well, no, I'm saying Brandon said that, not me. I mean, no, I, I know, and I'm saying I disagree. I'd rather have sweetness. Uh, obviously, he never said those words. I don't well, think he says, that, I will kill you. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the blasphemy like that would come out of his mouth. Uh, you know, I, I love Emmett. We've talked about this last week. I just don't think I'd have him in my top five. And the last one I have here, October 7th, 1986. Steve Iserman is named the captain of the Red Wings. He would be the captain for 1,300 games. And I used to love Stevie Iserman. Loved him. Me too. He turned the Lightning franchise around, too, when he was our GM. So uh, I, I, I love it better than than most. <laughs> I hated him when he was playing because, you know, he was so damn good and, and we could never win. But, you know, I loved him once he retired. He's such a good hockey player. Such a good hockey player. Uh, Brandon says Gail Sayers was better than Sweetness. Though. Well, maybe. maybe. We be. talked about this a couple yeah. episodes ago. He may have been one of the more talented running backs. You know, he just, unfortunately, availability is the best ability. So, um, so that kind of wraps up this day in history. We're getting into actually sports scores now, talking about some things. We're going to start off with the NBA Finals, which means that I have to actually change some graphics here. So if you're listening, you don't even know what's going on. Ooh. But I do have multiple graphics for different things. The NBA Finals is going on. The Los Angeles Lakers do win. They go 3-1. to one. We all see this happening. 4-1. They're going to wrap it up next game. It's going to be done. And LeBron James, 28-12-8. Anthony Davis has a better game than he had the game before. What I really wanted to talk about with this is we should have a segment called Why People Hate LeBron James. And we could just point out different reasons why people hate him. Because I respect him as a basketball player. I think he's one of the all-time greats. Like I said, I have him third overall. But he is such a douchebag. He really is. And every time he talks or tweets or says something, I get just I, I get so angry at him. And that's why people don't like him. So the first one I have is a story came out after they won that LeBron James had tweeted the entire Lakers team before the game. Two words, must win. I'm like, okay. So if I'm one of the Lakers players, I'm looking at that and going, all right, yeah, we get it. Like, they're all must win games, shithead. What are your <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this point. Yeah, I, I just don't understand the no, whole No, I agree. I, I, I mean... oh, you're killing me over there, Skippy, with the uh, like every two seconds here. Um, we'll wait for Dan to come back, and I do want to get his take because I know that uh, as a, he's a Lakers fan, as am I, and we both want to see the Lakers win. But for me, it, like I said, it, it's – what? You're frozen I'm, on I'm nice and crystal clear on my end. I don't know. Can you hear me okay? Huh. Yeah, and I'm crystal clear on my end. All right, All right I think okay, we're good yeah, now. Your picture is still frozen. I can hear your voice. All right, that was weird. All right, so let's talk about LeBron James and the whole must-win. T- but my picture's frozen. Well, I can see you now, though. You're fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
well, I mean, I agree. I think a lot of what he does is, you know, ridiculous and kind of just like, it's all for show, I feel like. It's all a facade. It's all like a, something he's doing for the cameras and things like that. It is, and this goes to another tweet that he tweeted a couple of games ago. They talked about how he was up until 4 in the morning after they won watching game tape to try to figure out what he could do better and whatnot. He actually tweeted out at like 1 in the morning, why am I up? I don't know. Why are you tweeting, shithead? To let everybody know that you're up? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I hate social media. You know, I'll tell you what. If, if I like ran a franchise and things like that, I'd make it a contract stipulation that you couldn't tweet and do things like that during the season. Off season, do whatever you want. During the season, I want you to get off social media. I hate that shit. Uh, Brandon says Emmett isn't even in my top five. Well, there's a debate there. I'd have to really think about my top five. I think we had this conversation, and I understand as long as he's like six, then that's fine. If you have him like twelve, then get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah. Uh, Sully on his dial-up. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Huh? <laughs> You're damn right. So, <laughs> from NBA, we have Major League Baseball postseason 2020. We've got some things here. The Astros were down. They'd actually lost the lead when I turned this on. Uh, it was the bottom of the eighth, and the Astros were hitting. But it was, uh, I think, 9-7 or 9-8. Do you know how that ended up? Let me get a little cheaty, cheaty. Wicka, wicka, wicka. Check. Uh, athletics finally won one. Let's go. All right. So 2-1 to one there. Uh, I'm still rooting for the Astros. I'd like to see another Astros-Dodgers uh, World Series and see the Astros beat them just to be like, suck it, Dodgers. <laughs> um, but other than that, we've got the Yankees 1-1 with the Rays. Uh, 9-3, that first game was just a, a bomb. Again, you talk about Garrett Cole, right? You said, if we can take this one, it's the game changer. But, of course, he came out and pitched well, and the Yankees hit like crazy. I mean, they had a, to be fair, they had a grand slam in the ninth inning. So it was a 4-3 game for most of the game. They scored a run in the ninth. They scored five runs in the ninth. So it wasn't a nine-three game. And uh, you know, I saw Giancarlo Stanton has five home runs in the postseason, so he's having a great postseason. I'm still a big uh, Giancarlo Stanton fan. Uh, I'm stalling a little bit because I have triple shot sports. Uh, A's won. Yeah, we got that. And what else do we have here? Wayne, you would root for the Astros. Of course, I've been rooting for him all I year. He's, he is such a clown. I hate it. <laughs> the, uh, the National League games the Braves are up 2-0 on the Marlins after a 2-0 win today they won 9-5 in the first game and then the Dodgers are up 1-0 on the Padres after a 5-1 win uh, I'm really hoping for the Marlins because I love that statistic that they've never lost a playoff series and you hate to see things like that come to an end but the Braves definitely seem to be the better team and the Dodgers I just think we all agree might as well just put them in the World Series now and skip the rest of the National League playoffs I mean, I, it's it's looking that way. They're they're a very good baseball team. They're going to be hard to beat. Man, that offense is good, and that pitching staff is good. And you know, they've got three guys they can throw out there that can really beat you. And you know, but the Braves have an explosive lineup, so you never know. Uh, we are going to get into some football, and I did want to point out that Dan was two and zero versus the spread on the Monday night games, but zero and two on the over under. So. He went eleven and two for the week before, so eleven and four is still pretty good. Yeah, yeah eleven and four. So, and then I was, I think, if I was two and zero, oh, that means I was nine and five for the week on spreads. So, I'm crushing it, folks. You, you're making money if you're following me. Yeah, for sure. And our first Monday night game that we're going to talk about, obviously, the Chiefs and the Patriots, twenty six to ten. Now. 
my big excitement, and I texted uh, Dan at this point or messaged him, is when uh, Stidham came in. I was like, yes, finally, Hoyer's back there, throws an interception, fumbles and loses the ball. And he's like the worst game manager ever because he's not throwing any balls down the field. Everything's a little short dink and dunk things, which I understand that was the game plan. But then when they brought Stidham in, I'm like, all right, let's air this shit out. You know, and uh, Stidham, I will say, Hoyer looks like he throws like Brady. He's just got a noodle arm. He can't really throw it over 15 yards. A lot of arc on the ball for deep throws. And Stidham just throws laser beams. And so when he came in and he threw the touch, actually, first he threw an interception, which got called back because of pass interference. Because I was like, oh, damn it. You know, Sully's going to mention that. But then I was like, all right, all right cool. we got another chance. And uh, he throws the touchdown pass. The first interception, which was a pick six, was obviously right through Edelman's hands. Went right, perfect pass to yeah, Edelman, right through his hands. And then the last one was a bad throw. Good read because the guy, you know, Bird was open, but it was just a bad throw, a little too short. Um, but overall, I thought Stidham looked really good. And I think if Cam Newton can't go Sunday, which by all accounts is looking like he might not be able to, uh, I think Stidham's going to get the start, and I don't think they're going to pull him. Oh, 100% he has to get the start at this point. I mean, he looked the better quarterback. He gives you an actual chance to win the game is the key. Uh, you you mentioned, you know, the, the two interceptions, the one – you know, went right through Julian Edelman's hands, not his fault at all. The second one was a great read, just a terrible throw. If he puts if he puts air under that ball, I mean, that's a touchdown. And then we're talking, oh, shit, this kid's a baller. Now, again, those are kind of the throws he has to make. Um, but he, he at least looked like he's a serviceable quarterback that can get them wins where Brian Hoyer looked awful. Uh, the Patriots defense looked lights out. I mean, they were just – all over Kansas City. I mean, again, a couple of chunk plays on big penalties. We had the roughing the passer. I think when uh, you know, it looks like he shoved Mahomes out of bounds. It it was tick. It was close. I mean, he had his hand on his shoulder. It kind of looked like he let go, and Mahomes went down. Uh, I mean, he extends for sure. I think it was ticky tack, and he and Mahomes embellished it. At the same time, you can't do that extra shit to the face of the league. Like it's going to get called every time. And then the the pass interference call, I guess, was on Kelsey, uh, and it was actually Gilmore got called on Kelsey. And again, it was another one where it was like very ticky tack. Like I think he had his his hand was back, and and Gilmore grabbed his wrist for a second, and let go. It was very very short time, but I guess you know whatever you can't do it. So. And then the the whole fumble call and and things like that that I think really turned momentum. I think that was a big, big one for you guys as well. So, you know, there were a couple eh, calls that if they go the other way, you know, the game may change. Uh, Triple Shot Sports says, I promised on our show that if the Astros are about to win the series, the A's pitcher should go through the Strohs order one by one and plunk every batter. I would agree. That'd be interesting. There'd be a lot of suspensions to start the season next year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just wanted uh, – I just got warned by Facebook for threatening Wayne. Oh, wow, really? Well, that's because I reported you. Facebook's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so that's the the first game we have was the Monday night game, the, the Chiefs and the Patriots. I was watching that one. The other one was the Packers and the Falcons, which I wasn't watching because it was basically on at the same time. It started an hour later. But 30 to 16 Packers, this thing kind of played out the way we thought. Aaron Rodgers, 27 of 33, only missed six passes, 327, four touchdowns, no picks. And we talk about LeBron James saying things and tweets and whatnot. I love that Aaron Rodgers said, you know, people keep talking about a down year. My down year is like other guys' career years. <laughs> <laughs> they, that, that's your perfect quote for you, uh, uh, Brandon. Uh, you know, but I agree. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a stud. 
Uh, I, you know, I picked him to win the MVP this year. He's looking, you know, he's a, he's a favorite at this point. You know, I don't think he's the favorite, but he's up there with the favorites. He just looks incredible. He has a great grasp on that offense. They have a legit defense. Uh, they're our biggest threat in the NFC. Well, what I love about it is remember after the draft, everybody's like, they didn't draft any weapons for Aaron Rodgers. He's got no weapons. And then Devontae Adams gets hurt, and some guy named, like, oh, I can't remember his name from last week, Ezekiel or whatever. The guy has, like, 11 catches or something like that. This week, we've got Robert Toynian. Six receptions, 98 yards, three touchdowns. It doesn't matter who you put out there. You put anybody out there, he's going to throw three touchdowns to him. And that's the difference between a quarterback who deserves money and one who doesn't. You know, a quarterback should elevate the play of the players around him, in my opinion. And and Aaron Rodgers does that to a T. You know, you put serviceable guys around him, he's going to get them open. He'll throw them open. They'll scheme them open. Matt LaFleur does a great job of doing that. It's a joint, you know, effort. But, man, Aaron Rodgers is very, 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 very good at football. He's a bad man. That's the one thing Stephen A. ever got right in his career. All right, well, get my pen out. Are you ready to make some picks? I was born ready, man. All right, let's get. So, I've actually got a little bit of a new strategy this week for making my picks, which is I have what I call a Vegas score predictor, which is oh, where I take God. I take the over under and I figure out the spread and I figure out what they think the score is going to be based on those two pieces of information, and then I'd make my pick based on whether or not I think that score is accurate. So, we're going to start things off with the Bucks and the Bears tomorrow night. Uh, it's 44 and a half is the spread five and a half to the bears, which means the Vegas predictor says 25, 20 bucks. Um, I would take the bucks minus five and a half. And I actually think I'd take the under here. Um, I think this game could easily end 27, 10. Um, and, and I think that's kind of where it's going to end, maybe even, you know, 30 to 10, something like that. Uh, I think the Bucks should should pretty much handle Nick Foles. I don't think they're going to be able to, to do much on us. And I actually, when I was doing my score predictor, I said the exact same thing. I said, this looks like a 24, 27, or 30 for the Bucks. And I don't think the the Bears are going to score a whole lot because I think Foles is going to get roughed up. He's going to throw two picks, and then Brandon's guy Trubisky is going to be coming in, and he's not going to do much better. And there's like you said, it's going to end up being 27-10, 27-13, somewhere in that range. So I don't think they cover, but I do think the Bucks win by more than five and a half. So I have Bucks, and I also chose the under. Yeah, buddy. The next game on the docket here, the Falcons and the Panthers. We got plus three to the Panthers. So the, the Falcons are giving up points to the Panthers, and it's 53.5 as the over-under. So the Vegas score predictor is 28-25 Falcons, basically. And my looking at this here, I said, you know, first of all, the Panthers should be the one giving up points because the Panthers look way better than Atlanta, which looks like absolute dog crap right now. And secondly, I understand the Falcons can score a lot of points. I think the Panthers can score a lot of points. But maybe that's the whole thing is that the Panthers still don't have McCaffrey back. And so if you're thinking this is going to be a shootout and they don't have their best player, maybe that's why they're getting the three. But I'm going to take the Panthers. I'll give up the three points, but I'm taking the over because I do think that this is going to be a touchdown, touchdown, touchdown type of game. Yeah, I'm going to take the Panthers as a home dog for sure. Um, I'll even think about taking the money line on this one if I was if I was really taking it seriously. And then I'd take the over as well. You know, even with no McCaffrey, they're still scoring a ton of points. So, yeah, look for Robbie Anderson to probably have a couple of touchdowns and deep flies. 
Yes, I agree. Uh, the next game I have on the docket, we have the Chiefs coming, giving up 12 and a half to the Raiders. Uh, 56 and a half is the overrun on that one, which makes the Vegas score predictor 35-22 Chiefs. And you know, looking over this one, I actually took the Raiders and the points. Obviously, I'm not taking the Raiders money line, but I took the Raiders and the points because I don't think they're a 12 and a half worst team to the Chiefs. And especially the Chiefs just got they didn't look they looked mortal uh, on Monday night. So I think that the Raiders coming in. Uh, if you look at one thing that the, the Patriots did really well to the Chiefs is Damian Harris ran the shit out of the Chiefs right up the middle. Josh Jacobs is greater than Damian Harris. So I think that this is going to be a much closer game. So I'm going to take the Raiders and the points. And I'm actually going to take the under, though, because I think both of these teams struggle against the run, which is why I think both of these running backs get about 25 to 30 carries. Hmm. Um, I'm definitely taking the Raiders and the points. Um, If, you know, the old adage is anytime you see a double-digit spread in the NFL, you take it. If it's a double-digit home dog, you take it 100%. You don't think twice. You take it. Uh, 12 and a half is huge. Um, 56 and a half. Man, that's a lot of points. I'm going to take the under also. All right. We have another week where we're both pretty much the same. Uh, yeah. Thing. I think we're three for three. Same same picks, right? Now, it is funny that you mentioned that the golden rule is if you get a double-digit double lead, take it. But your rule that you said last week was never bet against the Chiefs. Yep. <laughs> That's true. And I'm um, uh, probably going to lose here. Uh, Triple Shot Sports says Trubisky does not come back in unless there's an injury. I did bet on Scotty Miller and Allen Robinson to both score a touchdown at plus 886. It's a good bet. And then Mike in the, Mike the Man Hour. I would. All right. I, maybe he would bet also. I don't know. Out of context, know. but I like it. Yeah, for sure. The next game we have here that we are picking is the Patriots again off of a Monday night uh, pretty good showing even though they lost uh, 48 and a half is the over under now right now I'm gonna be honest with you there's only an opening line and none of the casinos in Vegas are actually have lines on this game because I think they're still waiting to see if Cam Newton's gonna play um, now Gilmore's out yeah so but 48 and a half was the opening over under eight and a half uh, was the Broncos uh, getting those points I think the Broncos are absolutely atrocious. I think even without Stefan Gilmore, I don't think they need him against the Broncos. I'd love to have him there, but they don't need him. I think Jarrett Stidham is going to get the start. I don't think Newton's going to play. And I think Stidham's going to have his first like really good passing game, maybe 275, 300. So I took the Patriots, and I'm giving up the 8.5. And, and I took the under uh, because I don't think either one of these teams scores a lot of points. I'm going to take the Broncos in the eight and a half and I'll take the under uh, eight and a half is just a lot of points when, you know, it's two backup quarterbacks essentially. Yeah. But I mean, in your opinion, are you really comparing Jarrett Stidham and Brett Rippon? I mean, yeah. Ugh. I am because Jarrett Stidham, I don't know what he is yet. You know what I mean? He has all the talent in the world, but can he put it together? You know, I don't know. So if he does great, but eight and a half is a lot of points to put, to risk that on. Yeah, but we also know that he's going up against the Denver defense and Brett Rippon's going up against the Patriots defense. Yeah, I know, but eight and a half is still a lot of points. Yeah, I, mean, I think 12 and a half is a lot of points, too. I don't know who. Anyway, yeah, that's why I took the Raiders. That's why I'm <laughs> taking the Broncos. Eight and a half and 12 and a half are a lot of points. You give me a lot of points, I'm going to take them. All right. We have the Rams and Another the Washington and football team. Yeah, eight and a half. There we go again. And it's the, but this one, actually, I'm going to say, yeah. uh, I don't know uh, how good that Washington team is. They just benched their quarterback for Kyle Allen. 
I still think Haskins is better than Kyle Allen. I would have thought maybe Alex Smith gets some playing time. I would love actually for just for a human interest story. I would love Alex Smith to get in there and play. Um, but Dwayne 45 up to the third string, and Alex Smith is the second string. So, yeah, I feel like they have to do that when you make the quarterback change. You can't be like, oh, this is the quarterback switch, but this guy can still come in if this guy pit plays bad. They, they really don't like Haskins, I think, at this point. Well, he sucks. Um, but I actually, uh, using your golden rule here, I did take Washington because I thought eight and a half was. I know I came into this game saying that Washington's not that good, and they do have the backup quarterback, but. I don't know. I just couldn't take the eight and a half because my score predictor I have is 27, 18. Um, I just don't think it's going to be that big of a gap. So I took the Redskins. I'll take the eight and a half points, but I'm taking the over because again, 27, 18, I'm thinking more like 35, 23 or something. Um, I have the Rams. I'll give up the eight and a half. Aaron Donald's just way too good. And the offensive line for Washington sucks. So I think he's going to have another field day like he always does. Um, I'll take the over in this one too, though, just because I think actually the Rams going to put up a 35-burger. So, you know, it could easily be 35-13, I think. All right. And then we go to our next game, which is the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are getting six and a half, even though that Texans team at 0-4 just firing their head coach. They look really bad. The six and a half points to Jacksonville. Um, I mean, looking over this one here, I think I did take the Texans and I would give up the points because I really do think Jacksonville is really bad. The Texans have talent on both sides of the ball and they've just been poorly coached. And I don't think Romeo Cornell is the long-term answer, but I do think that the Texans are good enough to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars by more than six and a half. And I did take the over because my score prediction here was 30-24. And I think both these quarterbacks are going to throw for like 350 yards against their respective teams. So I think that I took the Texans in the over. I'm going to take the Texans in the under. I mean, I agree. Romeo Cornell is a serviceable coach. He's been a head coach before. So he's he's not going to be, you know, a deer caught in headlights in this situation. And I think he's going to know how to manage his football team. I think he's going to be able to coach him to a win. They're going to be motivated to win too to prove that bill o'brien was the problem i think so i i I like the texans in this game but i like the under all right the buffalo bills giving up 13 to the tennessee titans uh, and the over under that one is 49 now this one blew my mind because i think the titans are actually a solid team and they've been playing okay i thought with with Tannehill. although they've got all the the covid stuff right so that game may not even happen uh, but if they do play, they're, yeah. they're missing like nine does, guys. How many players, yeah, how many players are out? Yeah, yeah. but even then, I think as long as they still have their stars, uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought this was way, way, way too big of a spread. As good as Buffalo is playing, I'm not a big believer in Buffalo, at least not yet. So I took the Titans here. I will take the 13 points gladly. And I took the over because at 49 and with that spread, they're saying basically a 31-18 game. But I would expect uh, more of like a you know 28-24 game. Uh, so I'm, think, I'm taking the uh, Titans, the points, and the over. I mean, I kind of have to as well. Anytime there's a double-digit home dog, you take them. Um, I, I love the Bills, but, man, 13 of the Titans is a lot. I'm going to have to look and see who's actually all out for the Titans. But, you know, that's a lot, man. Um, what about the over-under on that one? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking – you know what? Bills Mafia, baby. We're going Bills minus 13. Ooh. And we're going to take the over also. All right. I love, I love that Josh one. Allen. 
How about the Arizona Cardinals, 46.5 over under. They're giving up seven points to the Jets. The Jets are really bad, and the Cardinals have burned me two weeks in a row, and yet I'm still taking the Cardinals and giving up seven against that Jets team, which is atrocious. The uh, predictor score, 27-20, I think it's going to be more like 35-7. So I took the the under, so I took the Cardinals and the under. I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, Joe Flacco's coming in. Uh, and going to get the start. I don't expect him to put up too many points. So, But then again, I don't expect the Cardinals to either. Like you said, maybe a 30-7 to seven game looks looks about nice to me. The uh, Battle of Pennsylvania here, we got the Steelers and the Eagles. The Steelers are giving up seven to the Eagles. The over-under is 44.5. That gives me a score predictor here of 26-19 Steelers. Um, I took this game and I said, you know what? I am going to take the Steelers because Wentz has looked just absolutely horrible and he's going to get roughed up by this defense who gets after every quarterback. And so it's going to be more bad news for him. So I think they end up winning by a lot more. Um, However, I also took the over, I guess. So uh, I think that it's going to be a higher scoring game. And uh, I guess I'm just going with Steelers in the over. I don't really have a reason. I just wrote it down last night. So that's what I'm going with. (laughs) I'm going Steelers in the over also. Uh, I love this Steelers offense. I think Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, the real deal. You know what I mean? And, and this team looked great, you know, last year without him. So you put him in there. Deontay Johnson's a stud. Juju Smith is a stud. James Conner can run the football. And they can play defense. So I, I, I don't mind giving up the seven. And I'll take the over as well. Well, talking about big spreads, Cincinnati getting 13 and a half from Baltimore. And the overrunner on this one is 51. So the score predictor puts that one at 33 to 18. And I don't think so. I love Baltimore. I love Baltimore's defense. I love their offense. But I also think Joe Burrow has been looking really good the last few weeks. He's getting better every week. And I think that Joe Burrow is going to make this a closer game than 13 and a half. So I do have the Bengals in that one. But I'm also taking the over because I'm expecting more of like a, a 38 to 28 kind of game. All right. You ready for my... Shocker of the week. Take the Bengals in the money line, folks. Whoa. I think the Bengals win this game outright. I really do. Um, I, I think that the the nobody blitzes more than, than the Ravens, and nobody blitzes at the clip that the Ravens clip. They blitz a lot. And Joe Burrow will torch the blitz. I think he's really good at beating the blitz. Now it's just a matter of if he can figure it out pre-snap. I'm going on the limb that he can, and I, I – now I'm, I, I have the ability to take the points here, but if I'm betting this, I'm, I'm taking the money line and I'm taking the over also. So yeah. Whew. What do you think that is? Like plus five hundred or something? It'd be a, it's going to be a lot, yeah. But it, I love the bet. I think it's a, a little trap game for Baltimore. The Dolphins are getting eight from the 49ers. Talk about two crap teams. 46 and a half. And this one here, I went with the Dolphins. I took the eight because I think Fitzpatrick against that. 49ers depleted team. I don't think that he gets blown out by this much, but I think both these quarterbacks uh, can throw for a lot of yards, even though because that's the way it is. And it's going to be a high scoring game. So I took the Dolphins and the points and I took the over because I think it's going to be more both teams scoring in the 30s again. You want to get real wild, folks? (laughs) Parlay these two. Money, Dolphins, money line also. Um, I, I, I like the Dolphins, and I actually like the – wait, what did I think here? So let's say 27 – I take the under. Um, I agree. I think Fitzpatrick can actually pull this one off. I don't know if C.J. Beathard is going to be enough for San Francisco to, to actually win this game. So 
Um, I actually like Miami to kind of steal this one, I think. On a game that should be uh, a high you know, uh, spread here, we got the Cowboys and the Giants, 9.5. 54 is the over-under. I took the Dallas Cowboys and the under, and my reasoning is obviously the Cowboys, uh, as bad as they look, they're still scoring points at a ridiculous ridiculous clip that Giants team can't do anything well I don't think their defense is good and I don't think their offense is good and I think that they could give up 35 or 42 and score zero which is basically I'm basically betting on the Giants get shut out every week and so <laughs> I'm thinking the Cowboys take you know give up the nine and a half and uh go with the under on this one um give up the nine and a half but take the over it's gonna be a lot of points folks Dallas can't stop anybody the Giants can't stop anybody it may be a 62 to 75 game <laughs> <laughs> with nine touchdowns. You know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're both just terrible. So, no. Uh, theoretically, though, this could easily be a 35 to 25 game, you know, so. The Browns are getting two and a half from the Colts, 47 and a half. That would be a predictive score of 25-22, essentially. And that's the kind of game that you say these Colts are going to win every single week. They're going to play these 17 to 14 games, 21 to 18. It's going to be these close defensive type battles. And Cleveland, obviously down now, uh, the MCL with Chubb. And uh, I don't know if Hunt is going to be back in the lineup. If he is, that's fine. But I just, I think that Cleveland has more weapons. I do think that Phillip Rivers is showing his age. But I still don't think there's a huge gap between these teams. I mean, that's a really good, the plus two and a half. I took the Browns and the two and a half because I do think this is going to be a very close game. I think the Browns could end up winning it. I took the over, though, because I think that uh, unlike a defensive battle that the Colts play in, I think both these quarterbacks are going to throw for three touchdowns. Uh, I got the Colts and the under. So this is one we'll both be, you know, different on. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm riding the Colts. Like I said, a lot of these games, these are the kind of games I think they're going to win. I think they're going to stifle, you know, um, Baker Mayfield. And I think they come out with an ugly 27 to 14 win. And then the last game we have, because we don't do the Monday night game until Monday, but the last one we have here is the Seahawks and the Vikings. The Vikings are getting seven. The over-under is 58, which means a predictive score of 33 to 25. I think that sounds about right on both sides of things. Uh, I will take the Seahawks uh, and I will give up the points because that Seahawks offense is just insanity. And I took the under uh, because I just don't think Minnesota is going to score a ton of points. I do think that Russell Wilson might throw for four touchdowns, but I think Kirk Cousins might throw three interceptions and you could be looking at a, a 42 to 14 kind of game here. That would be, Oh no, that's, I guess it's only 56. Um, yeah, it, it very well could be. I still think they get into the twenties. Justin Jefferson's just kind of found his stride. So is Adam. So is Adam Thielen. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks in the over at, on this one. Uh, I just think their offense is too good, obviously, but their defense is terrible. So I think they give up points as well. Is Justin Jefferson hurt? Because I was doing DraftKings and he wasn't available. He should be, unless he just got COVID. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I, I was just doing DraftKings and I wanted to pick him as one of my receivers. I'm like, where the hell is he? And he wasn't. Uh, I typed in Jefferson. Nothing came up for him. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's listed as injured. So. Well, those are all of our games. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes. I don't know. Uh, I definitely appreciate anybody who stuck around and watched to see we're at zero viewers right now. But at one point, it was up to like eight or ten. <laughs> so we had quite a few viewers. Yeah. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. Hopefully, they're going to go back and listen to whatever they missed uh, or go to YouTube and check out whatever they, they missed. They should get my money. Thanks, man. <laughs> so I make all the picks that Dan is saying here. I actually even thinking when you said parlay, I'm like, man, parlay the money line on both of those games, a 
plus a thousand. Honestly, um, not just that too, because the Browns game is a, is a sneaky good kind of like underdog play. If you parlay those three underdogs, that ticket would be massive. Just throw like a five dollar parlay on that, you could probably win five hundred bucks easy. Now, uh, hey mom, I love you. She's here. Hey, oh, we got the comment. Yeah, I didn't have the comments uh, pulled up here, so I'll bring it up. And there we are, yeah, Devin Sullivan. I'm here. Ooh. Hey, mom, thanks for. Thanks for watching. Uh, we appreciate everybody watching. I, I really do. And I really appreciate all the support. And, and I feel like we're getting better and better. Hopefully you guys feel the same way. We've got the new background. We've got the new graphics that we're doing instead of having the overlays to just take up the whole screen. And that way we can leave it up the entire time that we're talking so you can see what we're talking about if you tune in at a certain time. Uh, hopefully everybody likes that. We're open to suggestions. As I mentioned before the show or when the show first started, and I'm going to bring it up again here. If you want to hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Visit the website and, and get to us that way. We definitely are taking suggestions. I mean, we want to be as good as possible for you guys, and we want you guys to want to tune in every week, twice a week. Uh, we do have a big interview possibly coming up next week or the week after. It's actually going to be um, – uh, I'm, I'm going to mess up the name. So I'll just say he, it's a sports agent. He's an NFL draft analyst, uh, and so we're going to have some great questions for him as far as like you know negotiations and how contracts are done, and we're going to talk to him about the NBA draft coming up. I told him he wanted to do it today, but it was kind of late notice, and I said, listen, we really want to promote you you know, going yeah, to the appearance. Sure. So uh, that will be a really good show. So, again, like I said, everybody hit us up. Get us your comments. Let us know what you think. Um, I really appreciate it. I, I'm sure Sully does as well. Most definitely. We, we love you guys. We appreciate you coming in and, and all the support. You know, it means honestly the world to us and, and we truly can't thank you enough. Uh, make sure you guys tune in. Just share, like, you know, even if you can't view the whole time, a share and a like goes a long way. So thank you guys so much. All right. And uh, I guess it's my turn to throw it to Kenny. Yeah, buddy. All right. What up, Kenny? What's going on? 